Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. Today we are talking about how to turn around doubt. Are there certain kinds of foods that you only have once in a blue moon and when you have it, you say, oh, I forgot how much I liked whatever the dish is. Or you see an old movie and you say, oh, forget how funny this movie was. Or you come together with some family or some friends. This happened to us recently. Hopefully you say, man, I wish we lived closer because I really enjoy, you know, this family and I love being with them. Or maybe you uh, become ill and you take this medicine that you've taken before, but you have forgotten what it does to you or how it affects you. And you say, oh, this one makes me sleepy or the opposite, it doesn't make you sleepy or it makes your stomach hurt or something, you just forget. We forget things all the time. Most of the time, these types of incidents have no lasting negative impact, but there are things we can forget that direct us down a path that can cause us to doubt God's presence in our life, His willingness and ability to help us, and ultimately move us toward unbelief. If we don't want to forget, we do things to help us remember. We set alarms, we write notes, we make calendars, we utilize technology as much as possible to help remember what we tend to forget in our daily lives. Heavens, I don't know anyone who doesn't need all the help they can get to remember. I don't carry it the same way as my spouse. As a mom, I feel the shame and humiliation of failure each time I miss something. But my husband's motto with our children is different. He says, you know, you are loved if dad has forgotten to pick you up at least once. (laughs) He promotes his forgetting like a badge of honor. But sometimes you and I have a tendency to forget with God, and that's a lot more serious. I'm not necessarily talking about meeting with Him, like in a quiet time. Today, I'm thinking more along the lines of His character. What kind of things might I forget about God? Might be things like who He is, what He has done that's recorded in the Bible that we could look up, or what He's done specifically in the lives of other people throughout history that we could know about, or what he's done in my life personally. These are the kind of things I might forget. When I forget that God is who he says he is, and that I am who he says I am, I act or react differently and find myself in really a mess. If I remain in this state, I will begin to doubt his presence in my life and stop believing he will intervene on my behalf. My time engaged with him will lessen. Before long, he will not be treasured, and my heart will begin to harden towards the things of God. My decisions, my words, and ultimately my life will reflect my doubt, all of which stem from my forgetting. Psalm 106 presents a picture for us of what happens when we forget God. This is David talking to God in verse 7 that says, Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. 
And then he sort of turns and he's talking to others about what God did for the Israelites and how awesome it was in the next few verses. In verse 8 he says, Yet he saved them for his namesake, that he might make known his mighty power. And then in verse 13 he says, Then they believed his words, they sang his praises. But in the very next verse he says this, But they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. But they had a wanton craving in the wilderness and put God to the test in the desert. Forgetting leads us to rely on ourselves. We start thinking our ideas are better and we can reason through that situation. We cultivate sort of a breeding ground for going our own way. In the desert, they gave in to their cravings. They let their mind think on it and perseverate and they wanted things that were not of God. In the desert is where this happened. It's sort of in that dry time when you are not moving in the direction that you want to move in and there's no word from the Lord, no direction, no exciting movement of God, no revelation, no cool, what we might think is a coincidence, but it's really the work of God. That's the time when we start relying on ourselves and we stop waiting on the Lord. Forgetting makes us impatient. In the next verses, between 15 and 18, in the camp, they grew envious of Moses. See, we start thinking about other things, how we could make it better, and we get impatient. Forgetting also leads to rejecting God to lead us. In that same chapter, it says, At Horeb they made a calf and worshipped an idol cast for metal. They exchanged their glory of the Lord for an image of a bull which eats grass. I love that phrase. It just sort of lets you see how ludicrous that is. How did this happen? Well, it's a progression. We can see it in black and white. It looks crazy to do something like that, to exchange the glory of God for an image that eats grass. It's not even real. We do the same thing. We forget. We don't wait. We start relying on our own ideas. It's a dry period. He begins to look and smell like the enemy, and our way makes more sense than God's way. And then forgetting leads us to unbelief. In the next verses, it says they forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, which was not too much further down the road. I mean, it had just happened a few weeks earlier. Once we've forgotten God, that He is for us and for our good, it's a short leap to verse 24. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe His promise. See, God has big plans for you and big plans for me just like he had for the Israelites. And they did not believe him. They despised it. They got themselves in such a mess, mentally and physically, they did not believe him anymore. And they despised the promise that he had laid out for them. Ultimately, forgetting leads to disobedience, losing that which God has given us, and it can even lead to personal destruction. That's where they come to by verse 25. It says they grumbled in their tents and did not obey the Lord. And by 29, it says they provoked the Lord to anger with their deeds and a plague broke out among them. And this is how it's demonstrated in the Old Testament. David is giving us sort of a flashing light warning here. Listen up, he's saying. This is how to turn around doubt in your life. He's sort of giving us the non-example, how not to do it. You do not want to keep going in this direction. Turn this buggy around. And that's what we want to do with the language here, as well as complement it with this same blaring warning that we find in the New Testament 
a little bit in Hebrews. So in the next few minutes, today in this episode, what we want to do is look at scripture to discover how to turn around doubt in our lives, because this is a real issue for us that meets us every day in black and white as we're going about our business. The key is to remember. To help us put this into practice as you walk out the door, I'm going to leave you with an acronym I think can be easily implemented. To turn around doubt, we must remember. David tells us in the psalm that the main problem the Israelites experienced was that they did not remember what God had done and they did not wait for his counsel. Remembering who God is helps us to be on guard against these cravings in the desert, which could be a number of things in your life. And in my life, they're going to be different, but we do have cravings and they happen in the desert. They could be feelings about people we're not supposed to have feelings about. They could be desires we're not supposed to have desires for. It could be a number of things. It could be how you could do it better, exchanging his glory for your own or disregarding what God's done, calling it luck or coincidence or not giving him credit for what he has done in your life. Another thing is that remembering helps us to believe him in spite of our reality. It's hard to do on our own. You see the Israelites grumbled in their own tents. We are so prone to grumbling because everything does not work out for us, does it? Everybody is not on the program of what we want them to do. This is what Hebrews calls us to do in chapter 10. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That is what the Holy Spirit does. And we have to continuously remember that is who we are. And then it says right after that, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Too often, you and I come to a crisis of unbelief or discouragement or of disappointment. Somehow we are in a new place as if it's never happened before. Well, maybe not in those circumstances under this duress or this job or these parameters, but honestly, it has happened before. You don't trust God in this situation. You perceive he does not see you. You cannot recall how he has helped you in the past. There's no hope in your ordeal. This situation is just too big and your sorrow, your fear, your problems are just too great. We forget. You and I tend toward doubt and unbelief and we must work to turn ourselves toward faith. Remembering is the key to victory. How do you and I remember? Because this tends to be a cycle we repeat again and again. We need to have a strategy for turning ourselves around toward remembering. So I came up with this acronym that I'm using the word recall. Recall, because that's what I have to do. I have to recall God's faithfulness to me in my own life. Recall is going to help you remember. So the first letter is R. We're going to refuse defeating thoughts. Refuse defeating thoughts. Do not give it any brain time. That's what I do. I give it too much brain time. So the first thing we've got to do is refuse it. We can keep ourselves in such a tizzy. We feed the flames of doubt, of worry, of confusion, and God's unlimited can'ts or won'ts. So what we have to do first is refuse it another minute. And we can't move further if we don't do this. So we've got to refuse defeating thoughts. The second letter is E, expose yourself to truth. Expose yourself to truth. Saturate yourself with truth. Listen to preachers who preach the word. Fill your car with Christian music. Pummel yourself with opportunities to remember. I know with a case of discouragement, 
the kind that causes me to forget, to go to those mental places of doubt, of fear, of anxiety, the grunge of my carnality that I can normally stay clear of if I'm not attacked by the enemy. But the enemy knows if he aims his fiery arrows at certain places, I get burned every time. And it can take me two days to defeat it, to get back, turned around, headed in the right direction once again. I spend the next two days in a deep spiritual battle for my life. God always has the victory, but dadgummit, if I don't have a strategy in place like this, I will not get out. And exposing myself to truth, I have found, is imperative. So expose yourself to truth is your key to victory here. The next letter is C, consider his record. Consider his record. If you keep a journal, reread it. If you got some things written down, find them. Read somebody's biography who's a pillar of the faith. Pray it up to him. Remember When you did X, I've seen your faithfulness, Lord, and I know this is your character. That's what I'm talking about. Consider his record and sort of throw it up to him as his character that you know this is of him and you are faithful, that you are trusting that this is who he is. And that's going to lead right into the next thing. A, apply that record. You're going to be praying this, that that record is going to go into your today. Because he is this way, because he has this character, because he was faithful then, Lord, I'm asking that you will be just as faithful in this situation. Only you, Lord, can do what you can do and that your will be done. Help me to be obedient. These are the kind of things you're going to pray and see that his hand is in this, but but you're going to ask the Lord to be God of your life because you can't do it. These are the kind of things you're going to say and pray. Anything that you feel like you can to apply his character in your situation. The first L in recall is going to be to lean on scripture. These are going to be key verses that are going to spur on your faith. We don't do this. We don't do this. We don't do this. And it's so accessible. We have no excuse. We have got to latch on to key scriptures. What scripture is keeping you right now? Are you and I adding anything to this arsenal? Are we putting it on cards? Are we adding it to our phone? Are we pulling it up? Are we downloading it? Are we putting it into our brain so that we have it? We have got to do better at this because we are without excuse, you and I. So I'm highly encouraging you as I'm highly encouraging myself. We've got to be able to lean on scripture. That's the first L. And the last thing in recall is to let others in. Let others in to help you along. We are not called to live in isolation. If we are going to get through this, we are going to have to let others in and allow God to help us with them. Bring other women in alongside of us because we need the encouragement. We absolutely need the encouragement. I need the encouragement. We want to do our part to let others in. Listen, God wants to see you believe him for your life and for your good. The enemy wants to see you forget him for your failure and for your destruction. In your efforts to turn doubt around together, you and I can remember. We can recall, refuse defeating thoughts, expose ourselves to truth, consider his record, apply that record, lean on scripture, and let others in. Hey, don't forget you're not here alone. I will meet you here next week on the She Yearns podcast. I can't wait to meet you here then. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. 
Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.